last week I began speaking about and what was a fairly predictable series on being thankful heading into the Thanksgiving months, uh, uh, weeks. So I mentioned I'd be talking about themes that related to gratitude and being thankful. And so last week I talked about specifically not just a general theme of being thankful, but the t- I, I picked out three instances in the Gospels where Jesus expressed thankfulness. Being thankful for what we have, we talked about as Jesus, before he performed the miracle of feeding the 5,000 with five loaves and two fishes, before he created the miracle that multiplied that food, he took what he had and turned to God and said, thank you. And we talked about how we need to be able to, with what we have, just say thank you. And then we talked about as Jesus approached the tomb of Lazarus, his dear friend who had passed away, and he came to the tomb and he turned to heaven and he said to his father, thank you for hearing me. Not just for answering me, but for hearing me. And we talked about how grateful we all need to be that we serve a God who hears us. And then we talked about, especially given that it was appropriate that it was Communion Sunday, how Jesus took the bread and the wine at the Last Supper. And before, and and while sharing it with his disciples, he lifted up the bread and the cup individually and said, Thank you. Knowing what was coming his way, knowing the ridicule, the abandonment, the torture, the crucifixion, the entire scene that was going to unfold for Passion Week, before it all happened, he said thank you. Today I want to turn our hearts and our minds to the idea that there may be times, and this is going to sound strange, but after two and a half years you've gotten used to me being strange, that there are times when maybe we're thankful too quickly. And other times when we can receive blessings and our mindset is that we're never satisfied, we're not thankful at all, even though we've received. A food editor called the local, uh, uh, of a local newspaper received a telephone call from a woman inquiring how long to cook a 22-pound turkey. The food editor, turning to a chart, said, just a minute. And the lady said, thank you, and hung up. I think she said thank you a little too quickly. That's not going to be a very well-tasting turkey for only being in the oven a minute. And then on the flip side of that concept, in in a region of Mexico, there are hot and cold springs are found side by side Because of the convenience of this natural phenomenon, the women of that village often bring their laundry, boil their clothes in the hot spring, and then rinse them off in the cold spring. A tourist watching this procedure commented to his Mexican guide, they must really thank nature or mother nature or think that nature is generous to freely supply such ample clean hot and clean cold water. The guide replied, no, There's much grumbling because nature didn't supply the soap. Not being thankful for what you have. Luke chapter 17, I'm going to begin reading in verse number 11, a story that's familiar to many. 
Now it happened as he went to Jerusalem that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. Then as he entered a certain village, there met him ten men who were lepers, who stood afar off. And they lifted their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. So when he saw them, he said to them, go show yourself to the priests. And so it was, as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, returned, and with a loud voice glorified God and fell on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. So Jesus answered and said, where were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? Were there not only, were there not any found who returned to give glory to God except the foreigner? And he said to them, to him, go, arise and go your way. Your faith has made you well. My subject this morning is simply, where are the nine? Imagine this group of lepers huddled together on the border of Samaria and Galilee. They were the most depressed of any in that society and the most despised. Visible signs of a disease that made them both repugnant and distant from everyone. Even though they were probably lepers from both Samaria and Galilee, whereas people from those two regions would not get together for any other reason, this disease made them come together. Any racial hatred or was put aside because they shared this irreversible mark. Their pain and their misery made them one. So into this scene walks Jesus. Into this group of ten permanent outcasts in first century Palestine. Walks this opportunity for real change. Now they all needed external change in their lives. They all needed healing. But the reality is, no matter how much any of us goes through situations in life where we need external healing, the deeper reality is that we all need something healed on the inside. Our greatest obstacle is seldom that which is happening external to us. Our greatest difficulty is seldom what we look like or the color of our hair. Our most pressing need for change is seldom how many days have gone by or how the days are turning into years. To be certain, Jesus can address any physical need. No matter what the physical need is in your life, Jesus has the power, has the ability, and the desire to make things whole. But nothing in this physical world is beyond his power to move and heal. But it does make me wonder, if there are times in my life, if there are times in our lives, that we pray for a need or pray for a blessing, and that blessing, to be perfectly honest, is predominantly external or predominantly physical. And Jesus answers that prayer. He removes the need. He restores the issue. He corrects whatever the thing is that's going on. And we become satisfied with receiving the blessing and fail to return and say thank you.
never returning to the Lord in gratitude. For in returning to him, as we saw in this passage, something else occurred. Because while they were walking, obeying the Lord's command, they were cleansed of leprosy. But when the one came back, Jesus said, your faith has made you well. There's a deeper thing going on in that one who came back. He's being cleansed on the inside. In returning to him, it's only there that we have an opportunity to experience another miracle. A miracle all of us need. Another blessing, another change, but one that happens on the inside. So Jesus is heading towards Jerusalem. And he's passing through Samaria, something Jews of that time did not do. They would avoid Samaria at all costs. Kind of like how, if I could, I would avoid the subways of New York City at all costs. I cannot, but if I could, I would. The reason they were avoiding Samaria in first century Palestine at all costs is because Samaria was filled with Samaritans. And they looked down on the Samaritan people. And that would be a whole other message to explain why. They felt basically that as a race, the Samaritan people were unclean. And yet, as I mentioned, in this leper colony, uh, uh, colony they formed, that formed on the border of Samaria and Galilee, there were probably lepers from both regions, from Samaria and Galilee. How many know once you get into a situation where you share a common pain, all this other nonsense tends to fade away? Their common situation allowed them to look past any previous viewpoint, any previous mindset about other people. As Jesus passes through, ten lepers cry out, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. Now, it says they stood afar off, and the reason they were afar off was two reasons. One, Levitical law required that lepers maintain a certain distance and stay away, otherwise they might infect others. This is why they had to cry aloud. And yet, that must have been a challenge for them, because in having to cry aloud, one of the main things that leprosy does is it attacks the vocal system. It makes the voice very raspy and very difficult to shout. They had to summon up some power, summon up the ability to be able to cry out to Jesus. And they call to him and say, Master, which means they must have heard of him. Jesus' reputation had even reached into this leper colony. They heard of him being one who works miracles, heard of him being one who can heal, heard of him who not only does things, but is compassionate in the doing. It's interesting to me, it always has been, that they cry out, Lord, have mercy on us, or Master, have mercy on us. They don't cry out, Master, heal us. Perhaps they were so used to being looked down upon, so used to being despised, so used to being discounted and dismissed, that before receiving any power or healing from Jesus, they really just wanted to know that he cared. So many times that's what people in our culture need to know, that we care. 
whichever, seeing Jesus inspired hope, if we can only get within shouting distance of this man from Galilee, maybe something can change in our lives. Seeing Jesus made them want to try. Coming close enough to Jesus to be heard was worth any issues they might face. And coming near people in that time created issues. But clearly, their desire was for something external. They wanted the leprosy gone. They wanted Jesus to fix something in their lives. They wanted simply a moment of his time. There's a senior manager above my level at work who I joke with all the time because he'll stop by my desk and he'll say, do you have a moment? Now, I've been at this firm that I work for for nine years, and I've learned that when he says, do you have a moment? I could be there for an hour. It's not a moment. Or if he says, let's chat for five minutes, I've never seen five minutes take so long to complete. So I've gotten to the point where he says, do you have a moment? And I'll tell him, let me check my calendar. These lepers wanted just a moment, truly, of Jesus. And we all can thank God tremendously for those precious moments, those encounters we've had with Jesus. We thank God for those moments as we sang about it at the end of the worship service that changed our lives when we sang, he touched me. But the reality is, Jesus wants much more than a moment of your life. He wants to establish a relationship in your life. He wants to come and establish an everyday, every moment walk with you as you go through this journey. He's looking for a relationship, not just a moment. His answer to the lepers was quick. No delay, no discerning. No trying to determine if they were worthy. No trying to see if they had any other alternative or agenda. It was quick. Go show yourself to the priests, which must have sounded strange. I'm coming to you for help, and you're telling me to go someplace else. Obeying that command required something. It required faith. Faith that this man from Galilee would steer them correctly. And it says they were cleansed as they went. So it was not immediate. Any step, while still a leper, too close to non-infected people would have drawn anger from anybody near. And it would have drawn possible stoning, which would have resulted in death. His command showed his also respect for the Levitical law, which is what would have to happen if someone was found back in Bible days to have leprosy, and all of a sudden they were declaring they were healed. Leviticus chapter 14 shows they have to go to the priest and show themselves to be examined and show that they're healed. So we see Jesus respecting the law here. The priest had to certify these lepers as cleansed before they could reenter society. And as they travel... They notice something. The scabs are gone. The wounds are healed. Their limbs are working. 
people are no longer repulsed at the sight of them. They are healed. You know, sometimes we ask God for something, and he commands us to do something that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. I remember when I, after I'd stopped running from this uh, call to ministry because of a speech impediment I had as a kid, I said, okay, Lord, I'll preach the gospel for you, but you got to heal my speech impediment. And his command to me was, go preach. And I'm like, Lord, I don't think we have the order here right. You heal the speech impediment, and then I'll go preach. And he would say, no, no, no. Go preach and do as I say, and we'll talk about the other thing. Oftentimes, we even come to God with our needs and the way in which we want him to do things. But last I checked, there isn't any label or name tag you and I can wear that says supreme creator of the universe. God is in charge. What's this got to do with my need? This tested their faith. They believed in God enough to call out to him, but did they believe in him enough to do something else, to see if it was going to be an act of obedience? So many people come to a healing service or ask for prayer, and I'm not trying to dismiss the the request. We should ask for prayer when we're in need, but the reality is they're just covering the bases. They'll ask 10 different faith leaders to pray just in case one of them works. That's not the faith that Jesus is asking for here. When we come to Jesus, we come to him because we know he is the only answer. He's not just the best, but the only answer to the needs in our lives. This tested their faith. This wasn't just to see if it would work. When we call out to him, do we really believe in him? Are we seeking his heart or just his hand? So as they travel, they're healed. Can you imagine? I don't, it doesn't say how long they were lepers, but long enough to be in a leper colony. So it may have been months. It may have been years. And... All of a sudden, they're healed. Imagine the joy that filled their hearts. Imagine the elation. Imagine all that went through their mind of all the things they could now re-enter, all the things they could do, all the family members they could go now and reconnect with, all the family members, perhaps, who knows, that they could go and say, huh, you weren't nice to me before, but here I am now. After all, these lepers were human beings. But now they were no longer outcasts. They were no longer a source of ridicule. So not only were their bodies healed, but as far as their ability to travel in society, their lives were restored. So much to be grateful for. And yet only one comes back. 
only one. One realized that, yes, they had been given the blessing of a miracle, but it was faith in Jesus that performed the miracle. One realized that his life had been changed by Jesus. One realized that the only possible response to such a miracle, to such a restoration, to such a life-changing event was to return to the source and bow down and say thank you. We're going to gather in a few weeks at very different places and celebrate Thanksgiving. We're going to celebrate what we have, celebrate what we've come through, and in many cases, commemorate all that we've been blessed. And for many, sadly, there will also be memories of those who are no longer around the table, of difficulties experienced, and many that remain. This one leper's body was healed. His life may have been restored, but I'm sure we all can agree he still had issues. He was not made perfect in that moment. He had challenges ahead of him. But when you and I realize not only the many blessings we've been given, but from whom those blessings came, the natural response is to bow at Jesus' feet and say thank you. And say thank you. When you and I realize that we've been given so much, then we're not just changed on the outside, but something happens on the inside and that relationship is deepened we grow in knowledge that while this physical world around us is important our physical stamina and ability matters it's not the ultimate thing one day this physical will be gone but as spiritual people as spiritual beings we're going to last through eternity God has blessed us with so much Hasn't he? That was weak. God has blessed us with so much, hasn't he? Better. The least we can do, and I mean the least we can do, is return to him and say thank you. Now, he may have done things one, two, and four on our list of ten things we're coming to him. Or he may have done things 7, 9, and 10 on our list of 10 things that we're asking for. And so we want to come to him and say thank you, but oftentimes in our humanness we're like, well, thank you for the 7, 9, and 10, but in case you've forgotten about 1, 2, and 3, let me remind you about that. What a joy it is to realize to just say thank you for what I have. Something on the inside happens when we realize he's not just the fixer of things. He's not just the gift giver. He is the reason we live. He is the air we breathe. He is everything to us. Where are the nine, he asked. May we never be any of the nine May we be like that one who said, I've been healed. My life has been restored. I need to go back to Jesus. I need to go back to Jesus and say, thank you. 
we really do have so much. As my wife and I were here yesterday with some of others who were putting those boxes together for the children, children all over the world and any part of the world, I was thinking about how they're going to experience or what they're going to experience when they open these boxes. And these are children, so a lot of it will be the wonder of the things inside. But that's where Samaritan's person, I applaud the ministry so much, comes in and says, yes, these things are nice. That harmonica in the box or that uh, uninflated soccer ball is nice and all these toys are nice. In one of the boxes, I saw a real tiny Etch-a-Sketch. And full transparency and disclosure, for about five minutes, I played with it. And then I got frustrated and I put it down. It's good to receive things. And I'm not going to second guess that. But it's human nature that it's easier to receive blessings than to truly appreciate them. And we want to be a people who can understand that any blessing we have in life comes from God. Lord, you've blessed me. So before I take the time to enjoy the blessing and walk in the blessing and live in the blessing, I just want to stop and say thank you. Thank you. Lord Jesus, thank you for all that you've done. Thank you for this church. Thank you for my family. Thank you for my physical stamina. Yeah, Lord, I could use some corrective work in your hand in many parts of my body, but even in its current form, I say thank you. I thank you, Lord. Because if I don't, I'm like the nine and not the one, and that's not my desire. Let this truly be a Thanksgiving season for us all. Would you stand with me, please?